are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC from the Fan Holes Podcast here. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Again, we have been bombasted with the strange noise that plagued us during the Grant Morrison podcast, that strange kind of weird fapping noise that was in the background as if Grant Morrison was creating a sigil. This time around, I actually reached out to some folks in the podcast community to see if they could help us troubleshoot it. We we still never really figured out what caused it. We think it might have been related to Skype updates, but we could never reproduce the issue. So I tried not to update my Skype, but you know we recorded again and the issue didn't repeat itself. Then I upgraded the Skype. So uh, we're not 100% sure still what causes it, but it may be related to Skype updates. Either way, we just wanted to give a quick shout out and sort of semi-warning that we did troubleshoot and tried to correct some of the issues, the sound issues and qualities on this particular recording for Spider-Verse. Uh, unfortunately, I think I'm the brunt of most of the, the sound issue now. Fortunately, I guess you'll have to bear with that. But I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the folks that participated in a small Facebook discussion when we were trying to figure these things out and suggested that we could use certain tools in Audacity to try to clean up the existing audio rather than re-record uh, and try to reproduce the sort of off-the-cuff conversations we were having. So just a quick shout-out to Steve Ferguson over at the A to Z Music Podcast, John the Engineer Nerd from the Action Figure Blues Podcast, and Shag Matthews from the Fire and Water Podcast. They all chimed in during the Facebook conversation and gave us some good methods and ideas to clean up the audio. Mostly it was Audacity, and then we basically use certain noise filtering and everything like that so we were able to sort of eliminate the the phantom fapping of grant morrison i guess so thanks for that and please enjoy the show Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, someone should call a hearse. Inheritors on the rise, killing all my favorite guys. Look out, here comes the Spider-Verse. Is it wrong? Listen, bud. Morlin is out for blood. He's got Hostess by the head. Don't look now, cause he's dead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Verse. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, Silk arrives just in time. Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, 
stupid fucking shit Spider-Verse making out stupid dolts. What we need is results to arc. Spidey's a great big screw-up. Wherever there's a poo-up, you'll find the Spider-Verse. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanhole Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are two of my spiderific co-hosts. One of you guys give a shout out. And let everybody know who's joining us from the wide reaches of the multiverse. Hey, it's Michael, and both of you are dolls. I have the superior intellect. Did I mention how I have a superior intellect? Because I'll do it like 20 million more times. Uh, hey guys, this is Tony, and what? My web finger shoot bullets? Yeah, why don't yours? Listen, this is complicated and not going to make a lot of sense, but I'm from a parallel world. Makes total sense. Yeah, all right. So, if you haven't figured it out by the little tidbit of hints, we are delivering the long-promised... I, I don't know if we promised it on the show, but I feel like it's long-promised, because I did mention it to Jack and Eddie a long time ago, that you guys have been asking me to do Spider-Verse. And that's basically what we're discussing tonight. It's, I, I, for me, like, we were just discussing this before we started, but me and Tony, I think, have just power-read <laughs> Four years worth of Spider-Man comics in a day, you know, for in an effort to do this show. And I know we're we're definitely kind of leaning towards Mike as being the Spider-Verse expert. As he was there, he was in the trenches. I feel like like he was the news reporter, like giving us the blow by blow. Because I feel like I've seen and read all the major beats of this story, like through him. And it's not. I don't. I don't consider him. Having spoiled me for Spider-Verse, I'm an adult. Like, I could choose not to look at his posts or tweets or whatever was going on in the social medias and everything or whatever was going on in bot talk and stuff like that. But in lieu of actually reading the event, I sort of chose to vicariously live through him. But in order to sort of actually do this show justice, you know, we both sat down and, and sort of power read this today. And, you know, as, as I'm apt to do, I sort of Frankenstein together a mini synopsis from a couple different sources. So if you're kind of like, what's Spider-Verse? Like, what are they talking about? I'll go over the kind of mini synopsis, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty and talk about different details and, and our thoughts on the actual crossover event. But just to give you a, you know, the kind of grand overview of what Spider-Verse is, this is kind of Frankenstein together from MikeMarvel.com and Amazon and SpiderWiki and whatever. I just sort of put it together. So here you go. Um, Derek, you know, I read Spider-Verse, and I still said after I read it, what's Spider-Verse? Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So so even if you've read it and you're still asking what Spider-Verse is, maybe maybe this cobble together synopsis isn't going to help, but, but let's, let's give it a shot. So, peer over the edge of the spider at different realities, and daringly different spider senses that still the all-new awesome creation of Dan Slott was released from captivity by Spider-Man, the evil inheritors of all creation. Read Marlon Blaine family. Begin exterminating spider characters throughout the multiverse. Moreland declares that the great hunt 
to kill every spider totem in the multiverse has begun. And now, every single Spider-Man ever is needed to save the day from Moreland and his twisted family. Meanwhile, in the year 2099, the superior Spider-Man lives on. But how? Otto takes the fight to Karn, the man working his way through the multiverse, leaving a trail of dead spiders in his wake, but finds himself hopelessly overpowered. Can the superior Spider-Man find enough allies to make a dent in Karn? Spoilers! An interdimensional spider army gathers to fight Moreland and his deadly family, but none of them is safe. Probably comes to fruition. What will this brutal war for survival mean for Peter Parker and the rest of the Spider-Men? As the Spider Army gathers to fight Moreland and his deadly family, the Superior Spider-Man intends to lead it. Our universe's amazing Spider-Man, of course, has an issue with that. But the army doesn't have time for all this infighting, as the inheritor of all creation, Lame, continues slaughtering <laughs> spider totems left and right. As the first skirmishes unfold into all-out war, every spider must fight, and no spider is safe. But what does the superior Spider-Man have up his sleeve? And what will the war's fallout mean for Peter Parker and the rest of the Spider-Man? Oh my god! Anyway, that's the, that's, that's the cobbled sort of synopsis that was Frankenstein together. So, I mean, you, I mean, you get the idea. It's, it's basically, uh, all these Spider-Men in the multiverse, and they're kind of being hunted down. I, I, for me, I kind of compare it to if you're, if you were a fan, and you read some of the Superman comics, one of the first things I mentioned to Mike when he was telling me about this, is it kind of reminded me of some of the Chuck Austin run on Action Comics, where basically they had dogs, and and I guess in some ways it's like the Kingdom portion of uh, Kingdom Come, where you have dogs and hunting down all these different versions of Superman. So there are like these shots of like dogs, and there's all these like dead Superman beneath them, and all this other stuff, and you know, of course, in the Chuck Austin run, eventually that version of Dog comes to fight, you know, quote unquote, our Superman. So, of course, you can't mark him, you know, and you've got to have a, you know, cool fight, all this kind of stuff. And that's basically what's going on here. It's like, you know, Moreland obviously has fought our once, you know, amazing Spider-Man before. And, you know, here we've got, you know, the superior Spider-Man and Peter Parker, the amazing Spider-Man. And Spider-Man UK and all these guys like gathering together all these various different Spider-Men throughout the multiverse. So, I mean, you, you could view it as like a fun excuse to, to view all these different aspects of the Spider-Man character and get them all together in one place. But there is a lot of kind of death and chaos and, you know, if it's a story designed to sort of honor all these characters, uh, a lot of them kind of go out like a show. So that's that's my that's my brief overview that kind of has a negative slant to it. I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious, like what, what what's your overall slant on this, Mike? Like I know you were posting stuff every day, so I was kind of I was basically kind of ready for all the major blows. But even then, like even reading them in the story, it still was kind of like. Man, he killed who? Like, he did what for who and what? And 
this guy gets choked and what and what and what? You know, like, so I would constantly do <laughs> even though I knew it was coming. But I'm, I'm kind of curious about what your kind of overall high-level overview of the story, like, from your point of view. Well, frankly, I was looking forward to Spider-Verse, and just because, like, I, the, the the idea of it sounded really, like, fun, and yeah, like, I was looking forward to, like, seeing all these Spider-Men from different, like, universes and realities and times, like, all come together and, like, interact with each other, and frankly, like, I, I, you, I think you've read a little bit of, like, the, the lead-up to Spider-Verse, like, Ever since Amazing Spider-Man, like, relaunched after Superior, like, man, those, those, I hated that stuff. Like, oh, the Black Cat and Electro and stuff. It's funny, I actually, this is the first, I mean, I've heard you and Justin both complain about that run of Spider-Man, like, all the issues that either led up to Spider-Verse or the issues, you know, prior to that. And, And it wasn't, like I said, you know, me and Tony are powers like a couple of years worth of Spider-Man comics. Like, I have not read anything since I finished reading The Superior Spider-Man. I did enjoy reading The Superior Spider-Man, so I'll, I'll be up front about that. I had a good time reading that. But once that series concluded, and, and it, you know, the new series came out just around probably the same time Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. So I was noticing, like, all these kind of, like, parallels or, like, attempts to, like, oh, wait, Peter Parker's in a Spider-Man movie? Okay, let's get him back to being Peter Parker right away. And so they took care of that. That was, like, one check. And then it was, like, oh, Electra's in the new movie, and he's blue and crazy and, like, kills people and stuff? Okay, well, our Electra doesn't do that. He's in, like, green and yellow and stuff. So it's, like, what do they do? They, they turn him blue, and they have him, like, blow up the raft in a failed attempt to, like, break out a bunch of people from the raft to relive his old glory days in the, the now classic new Avengers number one. <laughs> but I was just like, I was like, there was this little ride. I was like, remember when Electro was the out of jail in the now classic new Avengers number one? And I'm like, classic? I'm like, what are you talking about? But anyway, so there, there's all this stuff going on, and I was just kind of like, and then of course, the other thing that you guys kind of bitched about, which I totally agree with, was, uh, the, the sort of treatment of Black Cat, like, where it was like, she just, I mean, textbook, I got my post-sub definition, you know, in the dictionary, where it's just like, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Were the, the bitch is bad. Well, but it was like, you were burgling people, like, that, that was the whole point of, like, I thought that was part of the thrill of her being with Spider-Man in the first place, that she was a criminal to a degree. And then, you know, she kind of got off on the idea that she could seduce this heroic guy, you know, because she's hot and sexy and all that other stuff. But, I mean, especially in the early days, wasn't there always a risk that he was going to, like, bring her to justice? Like, and then it's like, it just seemed like now it's like, oh, they're buddies and they're allies and everything. She's like, hey, Spider. And then, of course, it was Otto, so he punched him in the fucking face. And it's like, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm kind of like, well, guess what? Like, it's like, I know. But I was like, do ladies out there want to be treated equally? Guess what? Otto treated her equally. Like, she was a criminal, punched her in the fucking face, and she went to jail. And because, what, her womanly charm held no sway over him, now she's fucking butthurt about it? And, like, Claire's vengeance on Peter Parker, who basically 
constantly says, like, oh, by the way, that wasn't me. And then to throw in some confusion and keep the storyline going for another couple of years, he, at one point, tends to be Otto, just to get her to leave him the fuck alone when he's trying to save uh, Mary Jane's firefighter boyfriend from, like, burning to death. So it's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't exactly blame him, but I, I do see what you're saying now about the way Dan Fox been writing Peter Parker as a total fucking inept putt like the last couple of years and and yeah. it's like one of those things where it's like I, I know we're jumping all over the place but I mean for me it brings up when they get to the point in Spider-Verse where they all turn to this one says Peter Parker amazing Spider-Man and they're like you are the one you are our leader you are the chosen one so I'm kind of like Cook's going to make them look like a touch for the last <laughs> like I was chosen one he looks like I mean any attempt that Watt gets to have Silk make this one-line gag about, gee, I thought from all those VHS tapes I watched you fighting Electro in my in my bunker where I was trapped for like 20 years and nothing but like hot short shorts or whatever, like that that you were like uh, competent and and you know you were not so inept. But it's like, oh, I was wrong. You're an inept bozo because I was having to save your ass. And it's like, I was just kind of like, I don't know, like, it was one of those things where it's like, it's like when you're watching the Fox News Spider-Man cartoon, and they're doing Secret Wars, and, and, you know, being a comic reader, and a long-time fan of whichever company, but, you know, being a long-time fan of Marvel Comics, and knowing Captain America, you're sitting there going, well, yeah, everybody fucking follows Captain America in the Secret Wars, duh, they're a fucking leader, right? And, like, then, you know, when you're watching the Fox News Spider-Man cartoon, and they're like, Spider-Man, you're the star of the show, so only you can lead us. And it's like, by golly, yes, I am the only one who can lead us. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, people going, what? And you can fucking You know, and, and I love like, I, I mean, I think he should be alive. Peter Parker should be the leader. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, should be the person that everybody gravitates to because of his comic you're following this story and everything, but I, I think it goes back right. to the whole show, not tell, you know, and, and, and they do not show that he's like a good theater until maybe, maybe there's some moments at the very end, but especially in all the lead up to this and then the, the, the kind of introductory chapters and everything, he does seem kind of incompetent. So, I mean, you're, you're hard pressed not to say like, well, why don't you listen to Kane or, why don't you listen to Otto Octavius? Because they make far more. Even fucking, even gold-blimey, like, fucking Spider UK. I'm like, you know, this takes more sense. Fucking Peter Parker. And I'm like, come on. After I read it, after I read everything, I was kidding about what Spider-Verse. I, I did understand it. But, like, <clears throat> the big thing I think they were trying to do, the, the, the attempt, was Superior Spider-Man was apparently pretty popular, at least with fans. I don't know about, like, commercial success, but people apparently liked Otto's, uh, fight. And they were trying to make Peter cool again. And, like, you know, he, he, he's the guy. He's the guy, damn it. And after I read this, I was like, he's the guy for, like, 20 seconds. Like, you know, for, you know, one fight, you know, he was kind of the guy. And most of the time, he was kind of, you know, a dirt, you know, play something to get my body, you know, to what I'm doing now, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, even, like, not even Silk, like, stealing his spot. Like, 
like I felt like Otto was stealing his spotlight all the time too. Like because I obviously like Dan Slott loves writing that character like a superior Spider-Man and. I don't, like, it was fun, like, for, like, I think his comic was fun when it was just him, but when he, him, when he's, like, he's, like, the one to, like, talk Uncle Ben, like, out of, you know, Uncle Ben's, like, stupid, like, depressed stage, and Peter just sits there like, what? Like, I was like, come on, man, like, holy crap, dude. Like, hey, way to go, Otto. Way to, way to, and, we, all have, we all have clay feet, don't, you know, stand up on those clay feet and get to walk so. And as as I as I alluded to in my intro too, like I was getting like so tired with Otto like just spouting off like I have a superior intellect, like I'm better than all you gulls, and I'm like I know I get it, he's arrogant, okay, but like he just kept saying it. He's like my superior intellect will decipher these like Aztec like uh, hieroglyphics or whatever, and I was like really like are you that kind of doctor? Like <laughs> I don't. know. I don't know. Well, like, uh, there's like, there's like at one point where he goes, he, he, like the first part of the uh, prologue, is he goes to the 299 universe, and in like three three hours he makes a temporal time machine to go back in time, and I'm like, what the fuck was this Doc Ock in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? What the fuck? <laughs> you know what else I noticed is in that in those lead up, like basically the first three issues of Amazing Spider-Man, and then and then the subsequent issues that actually start to tie into Spider-Verse. I mean, they go to great lengths to set up that while Peter Parker's body was possessed by Otto, you know, he started the company Parker Industries, and they were focused on making all this great technological advances with cyber technology and all this stuff. And the, the, what they keep hitting home to, to make problems for Peter Parker is you think, oh, having your own company, waking up to find out you have your own company would be awesome. But it's basically like him waking up and being like, you know, whatever, whatever your profession is, like, like I'm, I'm an IT guy, and you know, it's like imagine waking up in, in your profession, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, Jared, you are now the ringmaster of a circus, and it's just like, I don't know how to be a ringmaster, you know, and that's kind of what they do to Peter Parker. But you're kind of wondering though, like, doesn't like, isn't Peter Parker smart enough to, to, I mean, wasn't he a bright student as well? Like, didn't he work with Tony Stark? Like, didn't he, wasn't he a teacher? Yeah, and, you know, yeah. like, like, you think he would pick up on stuff, and, and in the actual story, it, it just seems like it's an excuse to endear, what's her name again? The, the, the little, Anna Marie. Anna Marie. The, the little girl who likes, um, who likes Otto or whatever. It's like, and it's like, she, she does become an enduring character, but it's kind of like at the expense of Peter Parker looking like, but sir, how do I do the cyber technology? I've never, what's a cyber do? And it's like, <laughs> and then it's like, don't worry, Peter, like, I listen to Otto a lot, like, we'll figure it out together. It's like, oh, thanks, you're getting a raise, sir. You know, and it's like, what, no, I don't know. It's like, it's like even beyond that. Like, even if something is beyond him, it's like what you can't call a fucking Tony Stark or Reed Richards. Be like, hey dude, like I ran into like one <laughs> problem, but then of course that would that would destroy his whole you know conflict in, in his story. So then you can't do that. You know? Not only not only does like you know Peter's intelligence seem to suffer, but 
you know, I've, I've always seen, like, Peter Parker as sort of, like, I, I brought this up before, but when people, like, like compare, like, say, Tobey Maguire to Andrew Garfield, where I always say, like, Peter Parker was a really, like, to me, like, under, especially under, like, Ditko and, like, in, uh, Ramita Jr. and stuff like that and Stan Lee, like, he always was, a, like, a really, like, passionate character, like, he, he had, like, a temper, and, you know, he, he wouldn't let people push him around and stuff. And, like, you know, I think a lot of writers would, would uh, faithfully portray that. Like, even, even like, when, you know, the first time Morlin showed up in, like, Straczynski's very first arc, like, you know, once once he gets Morlin on the ropes, he, like, beats the shit out of him. Like, and in this, in this story, he just kind of, like, poison pills both of them. And he's, like, he, like, that's how he beats Morlin, basically. He's just kind of like, well, I'm gonna, like, send you to this radiation-filled wasteland, and we're both gonna get hurt, but, like, I'm gonna get safe, pulled out of it myself, but not you, like, the thing that really, like, kinda, like, left me completely cold was, this, this was, like, the first time that Peter got to, like, confront Otto, like, physically, after Otto, like, stole his life, basically, and it's supposed to be some, like, and he does it, like, twice in his story, like, the first time, and then at the very end, and it's, it should be, like, some, like, moment where, like, Peter gets to, like, you know, let off some steam and some frustration. But I don't know, it just seems, like, so, like, lifeless and, like, I don't know, muted to me. Like, where, like, very, I don't know. Very like, quippy. Like, quippy yeah, all like, the time. Peter's, but... like, joke, like, making his usual, like, Dan Slot, like, lame jokes or whatever. And, I don't know, he's, he doesn't seem angry at all. And I feel like the Peter Parker that I've read for, like, 30 years would be, like, if, if he got a chance to do this, like, I feel like as soon as he saw, like, the superior Spider-Man, he'd be on him, eating the shit out of him, and then someone would have to, like, pull him off, and then he'd calm down. But instead, he's just kind of like, oh, it's Otto, I better stay quiet, like, not tell anyone, like, you know, whatever. So, I don't know, it just seemed really, like, lifeless to you gotta understand that you guys are being too tough on Peter. Because early on in this arc, and I think he was struggling with it through the rest of the arc, he was dealing with intense spider horniness whenever he was around Phil. So, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. And that's, that's what cracks me up is. I know, I know, like, when, when people would post on, you know, you're the greatest dude of spider character ever, Phil, you know, or whatever. And I'd kind of play along with the joke. Like, my, my take on that is like, if I was a 13-year-old boy, like, even now, it's like, there's so much, like, sexual bullshit in that, where it's like, that's all it is. It's like, is that not the, like, like think about this for a minute. She is an insanely hot Asian woman who's been locked up in some old man's basement for, like, seven years. It's nothing but, like, VHS tape and, like, alcoholic beverages or whatever, right? And then he frees her, and th- that's what starts off this whole crossover is, I guess, because they can sense her because she is, she's, like, the queen or something, like, you know, she's the bride, and, like, that basically triggers this whole event starting into place, because now Moreland and his entire family, these inheritors, uh, you know, can, can sense that, you know, oh, the bride's out there, so now we've got a homing beacon, so we can start, you know, going around the, the multiverse and, and, you know, feasting on all these different versions of Spider-Man and everything. But, she, okay, she's down there, and then it's like, then all of a sudden, because of their proximity, 
part of the plot is, if they get too close to one another, they have these uncontrollable urges to start making out and just get, you know, basically mate like rabbits whenever they're in proximity to one another. So, like, ostensibly, it's like, reminded me of after Peter and Mary Jane got married and the honeymoon period was from, like, I don't know, from, like, issues, like, 300 to, like, you know, 330, 340 or something like that. Like, they had this extended honeymoon period where if you were a 12-year-old, 11-year-old boy, like, and you were horny as hell, it's like, Mary Jane was like, oh, yeah, Mary Jane, you know? And, and, and that's all you thought marriage was. It's like, oh, you got married, and it was still a hot chick, and all she did was come in, and, like, when you were feeling down in the dump, she took off her top and fucked your brain off. Like, that's literally <laughs> all it's thought. Like, I mean, not, I'm just saying, like, to me, that's what it felt like. But this, this is even, like, a step beyond ridiculous. Like, if you think that is ridiculous, like, this is a step removed from that where they're not even married. Like, she doesn't, like, she's not even, like, a person. And what does she do? Like, what's her They don't even know each other at all. They don't even know each other, but yet, like, because they have all these physical interactions, it's like she's immediately endeared to the cast, and and it's like she becomes part of the supporting cast, like, right away. And then beyond that, like, what's her costume? Her original first costume is just webbing. She webs up herself. And, like, not to go back to, like, a uh, movie I fucking hate, but it's like, you've got the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, right? And it's like, what was what was the webbing representative of in that fucking movie? It, it fucking spiders did. What is this potty Asian woman oh, out there that makes out with something she can't cover herself with? Spider jizz! Come on, man. That is just, that's just the most ridiculous, like, Fantasy lady, like, I mean, this is strictly, like, there's, there's no redeeming qualities in this. I mean, I'm sure there's some women out there who have glommed onto, like, Spider Gwen out of this crossover, and maybe there's some women out there who think, like, Silk is the greatest thing ever, and they're really trying hard to push her, and they're giving her her own series. But I'm like, this is, this, you know, Silk and Spider Gwen are pretty much like the Harley Quinn to Spider-Man's Joker. Like, it's going to water the character down, like, not watered down enough with all these different Spider-Men going on in the multiverse. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm red-blooded, and I'm all about, you know, yeah, hot chicks or whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to say, like, you know, when you're reading this stuff, and, you know, he's making out with her randomly on the ceiling for no reason. I'm not, like, going to be sitting there lying to you saying, I don't think that's hot. But it's like, there's no... There's no value to it. Like, I mean, it's just... There's no reason for it. It's just titillation. Like, that's all it is. It's pure titillation. And that's it. But, like, and the way they the way they pace it, you know, like, <clears throat> he goes down to this bunker, and uh, I forgot the character of... What's the guy? Uh, Ezekiel? Uh, Ezekiel. He's like, he left a message for him, setting up a whole Mormon thing, you know? And he's like, you know, he's like, uh, screw you, Ezekiel. I'm, I'm Peter. I know what I'm doing. Then he goes to the, like, the, the bunker, and she's sitting there telling him, if you let me out, it's going to bring Moreland. And he's like, no, Moreland's dead. I know what I'm doing. I've been, you know, gone for like a year and a half, and I know what I'm doing. And she kicks his ass for like the first five minutes. You know, she's like, you're a fucking idiot. And then 
two seconds later, they're boating on top of a roof. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like, well, she goes from hating you. That was, yeah. That was, that was like another stupid ass, like, Dan Slot inept Peter moment, I feel like, where he was like, I don't care what you get to say, Ezekiel. I'm too impatient. I can't wait five minutes to hear your whole message and explain, <laughs> where you explain why this is important. So I'm just going to open the door. Now, come on, man. Here we go again! Tetuous is a deep try. Obnoxious. I- I'm no I'm no fan of, of Moreland or Ezekiel or any of that spider totem bullshit. But... I would even say, even if I discount those as a fan, like, and be like, I don't care about that crappy storyline or whatever. Like, if somebody on a video was, like, trying to warn me about something, it's like, before you open the store, there's a few things you should need to know. It's like, why? I wouldn't do that. Like, what, what does it hurt? I mean, if you think he's full of shit, like, when, and he's like, and a few things you need to know are, look at him, look at him, I hate you. And you're like, oh, okay, fine, I'll open the door. But it's like, what if it's like, and if you open the door, the entire universe is peril, and basically, because you open that door, because you can't keep your spider thing in your pants, like, all these characters that you know and love from, from TV and, and, and cartoons and Saturday morning will die. And it's like, it's like, whose fault is it that, uh, that poor Peter Parquet from fucking 1602 is now deader than a fucking doornail. It's like, because you could be fucking, like, stop for five minutes. I mean, that, that goes back to that whole thing where that's why I can't stand Ultimate Spider-Man the TV show. It's because Spider-Man's about, oh, with great power must also come great responsibility. It's like, well, where the hell is your responsibility? Like, what? <laughs> five fucking minutes to listen to the fucking message? Like, you know, I mean, if anything, like, that's all on him, you know? Like, I mean, and, and that's never even, like, addressed, so, I don't know. And you know what's you know, even worse is, like, what Mike was saying about Otto having kind of a prominent role in this more than Peter? Yeah, Peter fucks up. He's the reason more than, you know, is, like, awakened him and his family. And the first person to figure out that these people are dimension hopping it's fucking Otto. He's the one who figures out that, like, these guys are going around killing Spider-Man. It's not even Peter. It played out like, like, Peter, like, I, I, personally, I would say that Peter, like, the Peter Parker that I know, as soon as he saw Otto, he'd be pissed off and he'd, like, you know, and if not attack him, at least confront him. But, and then, and then what I think would been logical was some other character, some like Killjoy like Jessica Drew or someone would pull him off and say, no, no, we need him or something. But And then Peter would calm down. But no, he, he just kind of is like, oh no, it's Otto. I better be quiet about it. And then that's it. Well, that, that, that's what that whole, <laughs> and forgive me, but that's what that whole Superboy thing from Rick all over it. Like, you can't, it's like what's stupid is at the end of it, they wipe his fucking memories. So who fucking cares? Like, yeah. seriously, it's like, it's like, it's really stupid. It's like, one of those things where it's like, we can't screw up the timeline, so I better not reveal what he thinks he knows about me. I'll just keep him in the dark and, and make him think I'm, like, a past version of Spider-Man, and not the, the current day version of Spider-Man. Because I guess he thinks that's to his advantage, but then it's like, well, he can be mind-wiped anyway. They just wanted him to be in the story, and... 
slot wanted to write him again, and then when they were kind of story in, you know, fucking uh, MacGuffin him so he doesn't have to be on to worry about him anymore. I mean, I, I, have, I don't have any problem with him being in the story. I mean, I enjoyed reading Superior Spider-Man. Like, they tried to fit him in in a way so that it made sense. I mean, I think if you're going to do something where you have all these Spider-Men throughout the multiverse, like, okay, fine. Like, at least, you know, I, I think that was part of the, the, the mandate or the problem, maybe, with some of it is, okay, so if you come throughout, like, all the what-ifs in Marvel history, you're probably going to come up with all these Spider-Men. And some of them do originate from things like that, like different what-ifs or alternate realities from, like, Blue Warrior comics and things like that. But a lot of these guys are just, you know, essentially redshirts. Like, if you had any affection for any of those versions of Spider-Man, I mean, there's not a whole lot that's not fairly recent, fairly diverse, and, and, and just fairly new that was focused on from my perspective. I mean, you know, Spider-Man 2099 had his ongoing title that's currently running, which ties into this as well. So, I, you can't say, like, oh, well, you know, 2099 was old, but it's like, well, it's got a current book now. You know, the, the ultimate characters, Spider-Gwen, you know, Silk, um, you know, you've got, you know, Superior Spider-Man, like you were saying. And then, you know, there, there's a couple, and then they start making up new guys to, to fill in other slots. But, I mean, for me, the big gut punch of it, and this was one of the first things you posted that completely turned my stomach, is, you know, in, in the initial chapter of, uh, you know, of Spider-Verse, it's like, who were some of the first casualties of the whole, uh, you know, Moreland, Moreland Land family gangbang or whatever is, is the spider friend. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's, uh, it, it, I think that kind of stuff and then, and then the, the complete shouting and dismantling of Leah Pardon by the, Big Daddy, you know, what's his name, Sol- Solus or whatever? Solus, yeah. yeah. it's like Big Daddy Norman Solus or whatever. And it's like, look, listeners, if, if you've never read Spider-Verse, I don't know why you're looking at this, it's all spoilers, but, but, you know, if you are, and you just like hearing us jab and jab and bullshit about stuff, like, the, the, the Moreland family is like the fucking family from Twilight. It's like the fucking Collins family. Shit. They all fucking run around. Yeah. Point, point, they hate each other. like velvet fucking coat and bullshit. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, they try to play them like they're fucking dark side or something. And I look at them and go, you're just a bunch of sparkly asshole vampires. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know, man. I just, I never felt it the whole time. You know, they're, they're trying to... I did, yeah. Bad and and you're just like since when like you know like I don't know I I mean I never took Moreland so it's like now you're gonna have a whole family of fucking Moreland like good luck with, I mean you know yeah. obviously I'm violent violent all the hell but I'm like good luck convincing these assholes fucking serious about the, the one the one little bit of credit I will give Dan Slot is he finally like established, like, a background and an origin for, like, like Moreland and whatever, his ilk or whatever, which had never been, like, explained before and all those, like, crappy, like, Straczynski stories, like, The Other and, like, that first arc or whatever, where everyone was like, wait, so how did Moreland come back? 
we're we're not going to explain it. You know, what is Moreland? We're not going to explain it. Are there more like Moreland? We're not going to explain it. So, at the very least, like, the the positive thing I will say is Slot actually, like, established that stuff. But, as you said, it's lame, so, like, it's kind of a double-edged sword, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems very mean-spirited, because, like, they they have, like, uh, hosted Sneaky Spider-Man guy. And I'm like, this is a motherfucker who, in his universe, I assume, since you're giving him his own universe, his entire reason for being was to come in... Fight him more, not by like even punching him, but by saying, "Here, have a host of sticky pie." How fucking how fucking powerful is this spider totem that you have to kill him? Yeah, that, that all seemed really like, petty and I don't know, just like Derek said, like distasteful. Well, you, you see, this is this is what's interesting is for a long time, like I I wouldn't understand this. There's some some podcasters out there. Um, I'm thinking of one guy named Mike Bailey, and you might know him from the Crawl Space. I guess he was on that show. But he, he does, like, his own show, and he's a big Superman fan. And so I listen to, like, a lot of his podcasts. Like, he's from the long box. And one thing he would always tell me is, or at least tell me if I were friends, but I, I listen to his show. So one thing he would tell his listeners is, you know, he, you know, he's pretty adamant about, I do not like whatever happens to the man of tomorrow. You know, like, or I, I don't think it's as great as everybody makes it out. And, like, I think a lot of his argument was, oh, great, so Alan Moore got this character, and the greatest story ever is to, like, ruin everything about his life, kill all his supporting cast, and make everybody miserable and stuff. And that's kind of what his take on the story was. And and I found that kind of interesting, because it's like, yeah, I guess I'm that asshole he's talking about that puts it on, like, number one on his top ten Superman list. And so I was kind of like, oh, I want to, like, understand where he's coming from. So I guess he did this podcast with another guy where he actually went into detail about his thoughts on it. And, you know, he explained himself fairly eloquently. And I don't think I really understood his point of view until I read this. Because <laughs> I think what, what Tony's saying is this story is so much more mean-spirited. And, and I guess you can argue that the Alan Moore stuff is mean-spirited, but from my perspective, at least, like, Bizarro had some fucking cred. You know, like, at least, you know, fucking Brainiac and Luthor running around killing people. At least the Kryptonite Man, like, existed. Like, I mean, yeah, it sucks yeah. that Crypto was, like, howling to death and dying from radiation poisoning or whatever. But imagine, imagine if that happened and it was just, like, uh, you know, Morlin. And it was like, I like Crypto Dog. Eat. Yum. And he's just kind of like, like, who the fuck are you? Why the fuck should I care? Like, you were a lame fucking villain. You were a lame villain when you first fucking showed up. You are a lame villain, even lamer when you showed up in the fucking other and all this other bullshit. Like, and then you were fucking super lame when Black Panther beat your ass. You know you're lame when I approve of fucking Black Panther beating your ass. So, <laughs> there's nobody who's more lamer than, than fucking Moreland in my book, especially in this context. So it's like, I don't, I mean, that, that, that's my only defense, you know, in terms of, like, that these stories are similar, is it is very mean-spirited, but on top of that, I mean, I don't even think the people that, that get one up in, on, you know, it's like, it's like, did Spider-Friends really deserve to die at the hands of, wh- who was it? Was it Karn that murders them? The guy with the, the guy with the, I, I, I forget who murdered who, but he was like the dad. One was the guy who had the big, like, helmet. Fiscal helmet. Yeah. I think it was yep. him. 
I mean, he, he seemed to have an interesting arc in the story, but it's like, just because he had a nice arc, I didn't want the fucking spider friend to die and spend a pretty fruity arc, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm sitting there going, oh yeah, Miss Lion, howling in pain. It's like, I, Iceman, Firestar, and Spider-Man all have holes in their head. Like, what a great read, how uplifting. You know, it's like, imagine, you know, and, and the other thing that pisses me off is, is, like, imagine if they did that to any of the newfangled, like, diverse characters. Like, there'd be a fucking field day. People would fucking riot, you know? Like, I mean, I'm like, you got the, it's like the, the folks that killed Miles Morales, they'd be like, Fire the street, yeah. Yeah, but, well, you know, you know what's interesting about that, though? Like, see, I don't, I not expect him to kill Miles Morales, but you know who else was in that storyline, who, as far as I know, we had never seen before at that point, was they made a version of Spider-Man based on Hobie Brown, right? And he was, like, called, like, the Spider-Punk or something. And I was, like, laughing my ass off, because I guess, you know, the, the man, the authority in the story, were a bunch of, like, guys in Venom symbiotes. And him being Spider-Punk, it made me chuckle because he's like this British black punk rocker dude. And of course, what are Venom's vulnerable to besides fire, but Sonic. So it's like you're playing all this fucking angry punk music, and it's like a total metaphor or whatever, but it's like it's funny as fuck. Like the angry punk music starts messing with the, the symbiote, and then, you know, it's like, I think Spider-UK is like, Go blindly! That's my you know, and it's just like, okay, well, that was kind of funny, but I guess my point is, guess what, you've got a couple of those guys in there, it's like, you could have killed one of them, you know, like, and, and it shows that, like, how the threat was dire, but to me, like, if you were, if you were not Peter Parker, and you were a diverse Spider-Man, whether you were, like, Indian Spider-Man, or any of the numerous, like, Japanese Spider-Man, or whatever was going on down there, or you were a girl, or you were Silk, or whatever, like, you all had it free and clear, but it's like, Miss Lion and her, her spider friends, no, they were good enough for the fucking murder. It's like, host Spider-Man, murder. Marvel vs. Capcom Spider-Man, murder. You know, it's like, all these dudes yeah. get, you know, killed left and right. And it's like, oh, so... Also, so there's also the balance of power, though, because, like, they made the, the, you know, Mormon family, you know, so fucking powerful that, like, there, there comes a point where you're like, why are they even fucking with Spider-Man? I mean, they seem to be able to kill him pretty easily, and for being hunters, wouldn't they want to have some sort of challenge, you know? It's like, when you make your big bad too much of a big bad, especially with a lame big bad, you're just like, what the fuck are you even doing? I don't understand why you're so pissed off at the spider totem or whatever the fuck you're on about. Because, like, a lot of these guys seem like, you know cockroaches to you is, like, not even a, a worth of an effort. That that kind of goes back to, like, Straczynski's original story with Morlin, where, like, Peter takes the first punch from him, and he's like, I've never been hit that hard before! And I'm like, fuck you, you have! <laughs> you stupid, get up! <laughs> you, you fought the juggernaut, get up! Yeah, that, that's what's weird, like, you start throwing in all these characters, like, the, the things that baffle me is, like, okay... So beyond that list of characters I think that got murdered and killed that aren't so powerful, I mean, one of the big epic, like, scenes where basically they, they all think they're safe because they go to a universe where Spider-Man retains the Captain Universe power. Like, the Enigma Force is supposed to be, like, the be-all, end-all. Like, he's supposed to be Dr. Manhattan. Oh, 
Don't even. Like, oh. right? And so, you know, it's like, Solstice comes in and just, like, eats that guy for breakfast and, like, drains his corpse dead. And it's like, well, the reason why he's expendable is you get another Peter Parker, and so he's not nearly diverse enough, so it's no big deal. And then, going back to what you guys are saying about establishing, like, this overpowering of these nemeses that they're facing, it's like, well, he just took out basically a god-level character. So they're like, oh, well, I guess, you know, it's hopeless for us. We're all going to run away. And, and on top of that, I mean, even in, even in, like, the 2099 series, one of the things that stood out to me was Genesville, like, Captain Marvel, who's supposed to be, you know, cosmically aware, like, he gets messed up by Morley, too. And I'm like, who's with him but, like, an alternate version of, like, Captain America and Wolverine? I was like, what a perfect opportunity to murder Wolverine with infinity, and they did not take it, right? I'm like, 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 but Genesville, the cosmically aware godlike guy, oh, he gets gets messed up? Like, oh, okay. You know, and it's funny, because, like, you're sitting there going, well, that's Peter David, and that's his character. So then it's, like, it's weird. It's like they're trying to, like, establish cred. You know, and at the end of it, Peter David kind of is like, oh, by the way, we're taking him to the infirmary, and he's fine. Like, and normally, we'd be able to beat that guy up, but... Like, he's going to go run off and do these other things in this other comic. So, so long. You know? <laughs> he's just kind of like, all right, like, whatever. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, and then the thing I felt bad about was, like, the other thing, too, was he's kind of this power-level bullshit. His Solus also rips apart Leopardon. And it was like, me and Luke Zaganetti were, like, laughing about it. We're like, oh, yeah, Leopardon is a pet on Moreland. End of comic, you know? <laughs> yucking it up or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, so so that's the solution? It's like, oh, one, it's like in the context of that issue. It's weird, in the Peter David issue, in the 2099 stuff, it's like Leopardon was basically as big as he was supposed to be because you could see his head doing the whole Unicron thing where they were having like a fight outside of the eyeball. But if you read the actual issue where he gets ripped apart, it's like, you know, I don't know, he's like three whole pigs or something. You know, yeah, I'm kind of so, like, yeah. like the scale is totally, I mean, it's like, he's like an Autobot. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's even worse. Like, Leopardo is the size of fucking Bumblebee or some shit. And you're like, come on, man, he's at least <laughs> the size of fucking Optimus Prime. You know, like, I mean, you know, and it's just like one of these things where you're like, I don't know. That was, just that moment in particular was really poorly timed, I felt like. Because, like, number one, like, Solace had just killed Cosmic Spider-Man, so we've already established he's, like, a giant, like, threat or whatever. And then Leopardon comes in, and then he destroys Leopardon, too. And I'm like, oh, man, come on. Like, if, if anything, like, I feel like Leopardon would have been a great, like, end final battle surprise or something. Where, like you said, like, all of a sudden, like, maybe one of the, one of the, like, loser Moreland family guys just gets stepped on. It's Leopardon. Hell yeah, but... No, that never really happened. Yeah. And that's what I was born about on this, because, like, Miguel O'Hara, even though he, he has a few moments to shine, I'm a big 2099 fan, as Eric and Mike knows, so I, I was at least happy that he was not punked out, so that's, like, one of the saving graces of this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he makes a decent showing. I mean, it, it, it is one of the advantages of, of being the main character in your own title. And so he's able to, to actually sort of be semi-effective, 
you know, during this whole crossover, like, not basically going to be one of these random casualties, like, like, for instance, you know, Spider-Man Unlimited or whatever, where the, the one brother's, like, eating all the high evolutionaries, like, bovine creations or whatever, and it's, like, for Spider-Man Unlimited, it's, like, Reno Romano, and <laughs> dead, and they fuck corner or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I can get it up. It's like it's not like Spider-Man Unlimited is the greatest character ever. But you know, you gotta you gotta remember the whole Gene Shooter thing. Like every one of these Spider-Men was somebody's favorite Spider-Man. So you you, you, yeah. you, effectively, yeah. you effectively fuck somebody. You you definitely shit on somebody's chest. You know, like speaking of every like favorite Spider-Man stuff, the one that, let's talk about like on one of the casualties that I was pretty annoyed with. Where uh, Moreland's big brother kills what I like to call happy ending Peter Parker, where Mayday's father, basically. Yeah, that was. That, and what's funny is I thought they were gonna like retcon the whole thing away at the end, like where because you think you think that Mary Jane's dead, and you think <laughs> that like you think that uh, <laughs> Osborne and which Osborne is that? I can't remember. Ooh. Her boyfriend? Her boyfriend. Yeah. It, it's not an Oscar. Oh. Let me say it real quick, Derek. One of your classes. Let me say it real quick, Derek, because it's really funny because in the epilogue, <clears throat> they go back to Mady's universe and, like, her mom's alive and, like, I pulled her brother, brother free from the house before it collapsed. What about Dad? Dad? Oh, no, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of... The, the, only, the only thing that I can take away from that is the, the the one uh, spider team up story, and I thought most of the I'll, I'll go to bat for like a lot of the spider team up stories. Those seem to actually be sort of in the vein of fun surrounding the actual not so fun event. But like Mayday had a story written by her original creators, so it was the Tom DeFalco one, you know, and she's fighting with with old Uncle Ben or whatever, and telling him he's a pup or you know Uncle Quitter, more like it, Uncle Quitter. <laughs> But um, the main thing I took out of that story was to see, like, the writer wheels already kind of saying, hey, F you and F the story, because at the end of it, there's this line she has, it's like, oh, you know, I hope there's some universe out there where my dad never died, and I'm eating breakfast with my family, and blah, 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 blah. And all I can think of is, yeah, there must be, because you said there was. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah, I'm like, anything you can think of, you know, it's just, Mayday from Earth, you know, XYZ75 or whatever, and, and, you know, like, there's some other Mayday who still has his dad with a little, the little white stone thing in his hair. <laughs> Everything's all good. I, I think one of the ones, that, one of the deaths that kind of, like, didn't hit me as far as, like, you know, like, I felt, felt sad, but it kind of hit me, like, it hit me in the right way because I was like, oh, man, shit got real. But it did kind of make me feel bad. It was when, uh, Fantastic Five Spidey died. He was, like, the first one. He was the first one to come dead. And, the, and he was he was kind of, like, a, a write-off one. Like, he was one of the ones you would think... I mean, they didn't give him a big splash page or anything like that. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, and by the way, you know, Otto shows up and is like, hey, what's going on? Like, am I in the right universe? Oh, no, clearly I'm not. It's five on this dead Spider-Man's death. Oh, well, on to the next universe. You know, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did enjoy seeing the dead body of douchebag armored Spider-Man from the 90s part. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Sorry, I never shy away from a fight. Maybe because I never lose. <clears throat> I can't move! 
And I, I guess uh, House, House of M's party too is pretty yeah, useless and deserve to die, but... Um, just, just to kind of, like, throw a little bit of positivity on this, was there any characters that you were introduced for the first time that you were like? Because I've been out of the loop, so some of these guys may have existed for a while. I mean, like, I know who Noir Spider-Man is. I know that he, like, existed before this crossover. I, I, I would imagine Noir Spider-Man having all that video game exposure probably got him off the, the stopping block, even though I would have been more happy with him getting killed because it seems more obvious they like Captain Universe dying or whatever. So to answer your question, uh, just for, for myself, you know which one I liked was the, basically, you know, God only knows how you pronounce it, but I really liked S-E forward slash forward slash R. You know, the, <laughs> the, the little, like, Japanese kid who's in, like, that big suit of armor or whatever. Like, they, it, like, I don't normally say this, like, I don't normally want alternate versions of whatever, but it's like, they're gonna make a cool, like, uh, you know, newly pooled Marvel Legend. Like, that spider armor would be a pretty cool building figure. That, that Edge of Spider-Verse, you know, Spider-Woman, or whatever you want to call her. Like, I, I really liked her and her, when she piled around with that, that alternate Daredevil and everything, and they're like, oh yeah, tell me about my dad, and, you know, like, I, I, I enjoyed that portion of it. Like, that was somebody who was new, and, and I wasn't, Completely like, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that they they were some of the stronger parts of Edge of Spider Verse, or, or at least the Edge of Spider Verse. Um, I guess I for know. me, like, uh, I don't might go because I know he's probably got a really cool pick, so it might not going to be as cool. <laughs> and like, I don't know if he existed before. Then, like what I'm saying about more Spider Man, I know he existed. I don't know about this guy. I actually like the Spider Assassin, Assassin Spider-Man. He was just an asshole. He had he had good clips, and they were really dry. And the motherfucker shoots bullets out of his listeners. That's that's where my uh, quote was from earlier when he did the intros. I liked him. I thought he was cool. He's no nonsense, and he was competent. He he did exist before. Um, there was like a one of those like modern day what ifs that were, was released like a few years ago, I think, where it was like. I think okay. it, it spun out of that Wolverine versus Spider-Man yeah. one yeah. shot from the eighties. I, I, I feel like yeah. you. I feel like you turned me on to that. What if, Mike? Because I know I don't. I don't usually make a habit of reading the modern what ifs, but I recognized it right away, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that one." And I'm pretty sure it was you who got me to read that. That was a direct correlation to that Spider that shitastic Spider-Man versus Wolverine one shot. <laughs> But yeah, that was, it was like, it yeah. kind of rolled, it rolled out of that. Like, he's definitely, yeah, he's a, it, I think they called him like Assassin Spider-Man, I think, where he's like, you know, not a bit, kind of. He kind of got chumped out, though, and yeah. died, like, in the, in a yeah. larger panel while everyone else was, like, fighting and stuff. Well, again, that, like, that, like, not, not to harp on the point, but I think if you're, if you're your partner and you were white, you know, like, you, you, you had a bullet on you, unless you were, like, in a video game or one of the, the stars of the title book, you know, what he was going down, which which I kind of find kind of perverse in a way, but... Even my favorite character who lived, you know, Spider-Man 2099, I love him to death, but he's Miguel O'Hara. He's half uh, Irish and half fucking Mexican, so, yeah, yes, this would be thing kind of still rolled over into like those characters. Yeah, yeah well, there's that, but I mean, I think part of the fact, you're in a video game, you're on a TV show, 
and you, you, you had your own book, and I think you had all those things going for you. It's like, they're not going to kill Spider-Man, you know? He's like on cartoons, you know, like that that kind of thing. And I guess they got too much fun, yeah. but, it's, but it's like Spider-Monkey? Like, he was fair game. He wasn't on a video game, he wasn't on a cartoon, you know, and he was like, I don't know what his real name was, but it was probably like, you know, Peter Parker Monkey or whatever. But, you know, like, those guys kind of expendable, I think. To tie it in to what you said earlier, at least in Assassin Spider Man's universe, Wolverine got choked. <laughs> yeah. yeah Turned into a Very skeleton. Very much so, yeah. I'm just gonna have to find the character that you want. I was, no, like, I think I was kind of distracted by all, like, my, like, already favorite characters being horribly mutilated uh, okay. or written poorly, so I don't think I really keyed in on any of those new guys, but. Yeah, I don't know. What were you going to say, Derek? I was just going to say, I, I know I know this movie's totally stupid, but if we're talking about cameos, you know what made me chuckle was the, the, the scene in the 2099 where they're trying to run away from, I think, whatever his name is, Deimos or whatever, like he cloned his body and headed back to them and everything because they, they've now found out that, if you, you know, if you kill one of them, they're going to need you know, Emperor clone body or whatever, and they can they come back after you, and that's how Moreland, you know, survives all those times. And so he's like, you know, they're like, oh, and then I think it was like a steampunk spider lady woman, and him are like on the run, and it's like, oh, well, how are we going to get out of this? And he's like, don't worry, I called a friend. And it's like, fucking Punisher 2099, and like, he's just blowing <laughs> away guns and his grenades, and fucking weapon tech and stuff. And I'm like, you know, typically, like, my attitude would be like, come on, if you do the guns, like, like if, if, if this dude is so powerful that, you know, these guys can, like, stuff out the life of Captain Universe and blow up Leo Cardon, you're thinking to yourself, like, what can Punisher do? But, like, it was just so nice to see one of these guys get owned by somebody who you would normally think is a big fucking dumbass, you know? So I was like, he actually, like, it was like typical Peter David logic where it's like, where it's like he's frying him with his magma gun and he's like, ha ha ha, magma gun does nothing to me, I am invulnerable. And he's doing that smug, smart ass Peter Davis, yeah, but what did he do to the fucking floor under his feet? He's like, total Warner Brothers, like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Miguel, he's gonna be in his clothes for a little while, like, get some more things. And I was just like, that kind of crack. Well, you gotta give it to, like, Miguel O'Hara, because he figured out the flaw in, like, the Moreland family. I'm still gonna do the Adam Sandler thing, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the Moreland family, um, he, he figured out the Drake's flaw. They're so lame and so dumbass, the best way to fight a dumbass is to bring in another dumbass to fight If that was, if that was true, then uh, Captain Spider, uh, Flash Thompson should have, like, beaten them all. But no, he got chosen. <laughs> Yeah. You know, speaking of that, like, like actually dealing with the real fatal flaw, like of of the, the family or whatever, the Moreland family. Um, the the real fatal flaw basically was, and I was curious what you thought of this, because I imagine these are some of your more favorite Spider-Man characters, but like the Scarlet Spiders miniseries kind of deals with um, Genix, and like Genix was kind of interesting to me in that he seemed a bit, like, if they were really trying to play up the whole new god angle for these characters, like, Genix would have been, like, the Dissod kind of counterpart, where he's trying to, like, experiment and everything. And I thought, I, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm not a 
like, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Costa. Like, there are some, like, some of the G.I. Joe stuff he's done I thought was really great. And this, the, the, the spider, uh, Scarlet Spiders was, I mean, I thought it was good. It was passable. Like, I, I don't think there was any moment where I was like, fuck yeah. But I felt like he wrote, he wrote Ben Riley and Kane and even that stupid ultimate Spider Woman, like, better than I've seen slot right through the park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they, 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 all, they seemed, like, competent. Yeah, they, they seemed they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They, yeah, they felt like they knew what they were doing and, and that they were honorable, like, and, and good heroes. And, like, even when, I mean, to me, like, even when, like, even when Ben Riley's sitting there kind of doing his usual, like, we don't kill people thing, which I think is utterly ridiculous. Especially in this case, where it's like, killer he's still yeah. doing. But he's still, he's still kind of spouting off that thing. Like, at least he had a solution. Like, his solution was he's going to sacrifice himself and then figure out that if they take out the, basically, to me, it was, it, it tantamount to the Cylon clone ship on the, the Battlestar Galactica. It's like, take out the clone ship. And then there's there's nowhere for them to, to regenerate it, you know. So it's like, oh, take that out, and then kill them for real, you know. And then they're really dead. So I was like, well, that's a great, you know. And and what I thought was interesting about Dennis is like, this is what I thought was weird is they they have the whole storyline about the prophecy and how they want to wipe out like all the Spider Men. But like, all I could think of is like, wait, aren't these Spider? Like, I was kind of confused because. It's like they make it out like Spider-Man or there's food stores, but then midway through the story, they're like, oh no, we lied. Like, they can still live on other animal photos. So it's like, part, yeah, of me yeah, like yeah. part of me was like, well, I thought Dennis' plan was interesting because he was focused on the clone because he wanted to basically master the, you know, hamburgers, chicken, and, you know, it's like he wanted fire totem burgers. You know, he wanted to make fucking McDonald's for the Moreland family. You know, and I was just like, come on, like, that, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was, like, to me, that was a bit more interesting than, than where it actually went, so that was kind of, I don't know, I, I thought that was an interesting idea, you know, like, like, so. Seems like a more sustainable solution for their problem, basically, yeah. Yeah, well, just the fact that, like, I was like, well, don't they need them? So, it's like, I, I, the prophecy thing never made sense to me, because I'm kind of like, oh, okay, he's going to have the bride or the, you know, and I was like, I never understood what purpose she served, other than to be a hot piece of ass. Because I, I still didn't understand, like, what's the point of her being there. But somehow they needed her there. They needed Mayday's, like, little baby brother for, like, some kind of weird baby sacrifice. And then it was, um, what was the third thing? The other. Uh, Kane. Yeah, Kane. They needed the other. And, like, Kane was the only guy I was, like, totally, like, that, that's why that's on my avatar. That moment where he slays Solus, I was like, yeah. Like, he stole that <laughs> fucking thing. I, 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 mean, like, I was just I like, waiting for something like that to happen, and most times it didn't. They're like, oh, we don't like to kill people, and blah, 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 blah. But I was just like, kill that motherfucker. I, I like to call Kane, like, Spider-Man's garbage disposal, because he makes a career of killing lame Spider-Man villains off. Like, you know, the Grim Hunter, Raptor, Shafra, uh, yeah, Solus. Like, if you've got a lame Spider-Man villain, send him to Kane. Or, like, you know, impale him or snap his neck or whatever. I guess at least, at least for that character, I mean, they make it out like he died during this, but at least there's that shot of, like, his yeah. head, like, coming out of the... 
I was uh, like you guys, yeah, you guys know I like Hayes, so I, I was happy at Hayes. Like I even read like an article where Dan Slott was saying like I had to fight to put that panel in because they were like, no, no, we gotta like, clear the deck, like, leave Kane dead. Dan Slott was saying, like, but Chris Yost did that like twenty five issue series, put so much work into that character, like we can't just leave him dead. So they were like, okay, we'll put hey, in the hey, panel. Man. We just won't use him for a while. I was going to ask you guys, uh, Derek and I brought up a good point, you did too, Mike. It seems like with a lot of crossover events, this was a crossover event, and, and like, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> like, usually the main book is the focus, and usually it's the better book, but on this one, like, probably my favorite series was, you know, uh, Spider-Verse Team-Up. Those three issues were really good. I enjoyed all the uh, Spider-Guys getting their own little moment to shine, and usually they didn't die, usually. And I was like, that's really enjoyable. And I know Derek said he enjoyed the Scarlet Spiders. Like, uh, Mike, did you uh, find one of the uh, not mainline series, like, you know, not amazing or, you know, the Spider-Verse uh, proper uh, issues, like, better than the, uh, you know, like, the outside story better than the actual story? Yeah, I mean, like Derek said, I, I thought Scarlet Spiders was, like, functional. Like, I, I don't think it was anything special. It, it was kind of, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I think Mike Costa, like, I thought he was awful on Transformers, but I think he writes, like, functional Marvel stuff. Like, it's a, he's kind of, I guess, similar to, like, Colin Bunn in that, that like, aspect. Although, <laughs> like, uh, functional but kind of bland and, like, not special at all, basically. But, you know... I really liked Spider-Verse Team-Up. Like, there were a bunch of stories in that that I like, had a lot of fun with. And uh, I think my favorite one was the one, ironically, where, like, Miles Morales and uh, Ultimate Cartoon Spider-Man go and visit the old, like, 60s like, cartoon. That story probably made me laugh the most. And I think there was, a, a very, like, a subtle undertone of, like, them making fun of, like, Ultimate Cartoon Spider-Man, which I really appreciated. And I, I like, like, it, it's kind of like, like, people who say, like, the Adam West Batman is, like, lame or whatever, when, but, like, in, in, like, his universe, though, he's a badass. So, I mean, like, that's kind of yeah. how they treated, like, 60 fall soul Spider-Man or yeah. whatever. I, I can see that, but, like, I, I wish the Spider-Man could have gotten the same treatment for the fall soul yeah. I guess that wasn't teased as some kind of shock value bullshit, but like, like I, I'm not gonna say I didn't appreciate those, those Spider-Man team-up stories. Like, I thought all of those were really cute, funny, and like, I, I definitely enjoyed that, that team-up stuff. I mean, I think that was probably, I, I would, I would say that was probably the best title in the whole problem. Yeah. I, really, I liked how they, they, they kept, like, Miles and uh, Ultimate Peter like, kept kind of like treating like the sixty Spidey with baby gloves, even though like he had more experience than both of them and was like probably more confident than both of them. And like you know he he's like you know Miles is kind of like no this is gonna sound weird, but we're from another dimension. Like, the sixty Spider Man. Oh well, that makes total sense. <laughs> and they're, they're like really <laughs> and like. Yeah, so, like, I really... I, I liked how all the, the commentary on it, where he's referring to that episode, and then he's referring to, like, you know, they had, like, got to know a buddy, and, like, you could tell, like, they, they've done their research at least on that show, you know, they were either fans, or they just, they did a big power watch, and 
wrote down a bunch of notes, but like everything about that is perfect for that that show. You know, they plucked all the right things out of it and everything. So I, I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> but if it was just out of you know being a fan or or they put in the extra effort to find out about it, I, either way. I think that's what made it, like, so good as far as that book, is, like, all the Spider-Men in that, you know, they got a chance to shine. And, like, that's what you wanted from this crossover. It's like, even if they were more, you know, it was like, I mean, how cool would it have been for Hostess Spooky Spider-Man? Okay, fine, if you have to kill him, kill him. But how awesome would it have been if he, like, delivered a right cross and knocked out one of the, like, fucking, uh, inheritors, and then another one had to come in, like, we underestimated you, you know? Okay, then you kill him. No, give him a shining moment. Or, like, one of the, the more, like, the Moreland guys, or whatever, like, like actually gets, like, a, a Twinkie, or whatever, or a fruit pie, and they're like, oh, this is good, and then they leave. They're like, okay, this, that satiated my hunger. Like, okay, bye. I thought that would have been funny, but no. Gotta kill him. Oh, the Twinkie crust? I can't kill this man. He's so genius. You know what, an- another one that I thought was pretty clever was when Moreland visits the newspaper strip Spider-Man. Like, I thought that one was a pretty funny one. I, I will like, say I was I was happy to see uh, my, my boy Tom Grummet doing the art on that. So I, I did like that part of it. Yeah. They, they kept repeating themselves. And Moreland's like, are you guys brain damaged or something? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, time, time keeps resetting every few seconds. Or whatever. Well, I, I think that's where, like, like me and Derek think this is a meme series. Because, it's, like, like Derek said, there's a lot of Spider-Men in different, like, they can be the same guy. His comic strip Spider-Man was probably the same Spider-Man as, like, comic book Spider-Man. But, sure, we'll do a multiverse thing. That's fine. But there's a lot of these Spider-Men that you love. And it doesn't matter who they are. Like, said, my favorite twenty ninety nine right now. You know, one of your favorites is Kane. You know, uh, Mike, you know, and when you take that and you don't give it any respect at all, that's when you feel short tanks. You know, I was lucky my guy got some love, and like your guy, he got a good killing moment, and he, he's not dead. But there's a there, there's a fan out there, like you know, like like Derek, he's not the biggest Liam Harden fan ever. And, you know, he's not like you know he doesn't love that series, and like you know, like but he's a big fan of it. And he's like, why the fuck did he just get choked? You know, like there's so. It doesn't seem fair, you know? It's like, at least give somebody a good moment, you know? You know, you know what pisses me off the most? I'm like, what's up the balls to have Spider-Man say, Spider-Friend go for it with all these alternate Spider-Men that killed the fucking Spider-Friend? Like, I was like, yeah. come on, like, fuck you, seriously. Like, why don't you rub salt in the fucking fuck? You know, <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah, it's just really distasteful, you know? I was just going to bring up the biggest elephant in the room. After this whole fucking shit, after all this big fucking crossover, did it leave a bad taste in your mouth that they finished off the bad guys at night by not only killing them, but just locking them up on a radioactive planet so they could come fucking back? I don't know. Like I said earlier, like I feel like Peter should have like beaten the shit out of someone. Instead, he just kind of like... It's like he grabs Morland and like, drags him into a pit of poison. He's like, oh, I've got an escape route, but you don't lie. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's one of these, like, rationalizations. You know, it's, it's like that thing of, you know, my name is Superman, I do not kill 
but I have no qualms sending you back to the Big Bang and letting the Big Bang kill you for me. It's like, conceivably, if they run out of rats and the, the radiation planet could all poison them to death. And then let's not forget, like, this is the ever-expanding Marvel, you know, universe slash multiverse, and they do minorly address with Captain UK that, oh yeah, by the way, in the new Avengers and the Avengers and Hickman stuff, including the Super Wars, Every universe is being wiped out, not just spiders. So it's like, it's funny, because I'm sure, you know, like, conceivably, you could have had this one-off panel where they're all on radiated, dot-dot, blown-up planet, you know, 35452, whatever fucking designated, and, like, you know, obviously that planet got wiped out. Like, it had to have, you know, like... Yep. I mean, you know, that basically, or either that or it was incorporated somehow into Battle World. You know, that, I mean, that's the only other alternative. But, but like, on, on a grander scale, it's like, that, that's the part that cracked me up where I was like, well, I kind of agree with Sacker, you know, like, where she's like, they're going, you know, I know Captain UK is like, Mum, I'll talk to you about all the fun of being attacked. She's like, I'm dealing with, like, fucking whole entire universe and shit right now. Like, fuck your little. Spidery bullshit, you know, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> it's hard not to argue with that, you know, like, I, you know, he's got a point, you know? So, well, well even, even, like, at the end, he's like, he's like dancing there in, like, the, uh, I don't know, hub world of spider land or whatever, and he, like, looks and he's like, oh, can't go home, it's full now, oh, that's, that's some shit, <laughs> what a piss <pizza. laughs> yeah. It's like my entire universe is black dot. It's like, whoops. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. My name is Michael Bailey, and I am a terrible geek. I don't watch Doctor Who. I don't care for anime. I've never seen any of the Harry Potter films, much less read the books. I like Star Wars and Star Trek okay, but I've never really ventured far into the extended universes of either property. Hell, I have never even watched a single episode of The Walking Dead. So what do I like? Comic books. I have been reading and collecting comic books since 1987, and I have been a fan of superheroes for as long as I can remember. Some would consider this a hobby, but I prefer to look at it as what it truly is. A crippling addiction that I may never recover from. To deal with this borderline personality disorder, I started a podcast in 2007 called Views from the Long Lost. Every two weeks or so, depending on real life, I pick a particular series, or issue, or character, or whatever to talk about, and then I, well, well, I talk about them, because that's kind of the point of a podcast. Sometimes I'm alone. Sometimes I have a guest, like my semi-regular co-host, The Irredeemable Shag, or my other semi-regular co-host, Thomas DJ, or with another friend from the podcasting world. The show is located at www. .viewsfromthelongbox.com and from there you can find the iTunes link the email address as well as the backlog of episodes Views from the Longbox A podcast about comics or a desperate cry for help You decide Every other Tuesday or so, depending on real life at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com As far as like my biggest gripe of this whole event I think it's a case of, like, lost potential. Like, going into it, like, like I said, I hated, 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 like, that, like, 
everything in slot had written since Amazing had come back. So, like, I was looking forward to Spider-Verse because I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Like, you know, we'll get to see all these guys interact. But, I don't know, I guess, like, all the people, like, uh, that, like, all the interactions seemed, like, not what I was expecting or just didn't have any bite to them. Like, I don't, like, he, he meets Mayday. Like, Peter, our Peter meets Mayday, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I met you before. Like, well, you, like you, time tra- you time traveled once in your series. But there's never, like, any acknowledgement that she's his daughter. Like, you think that would be a huge, like, revelation or something. And then you've got, like, things like, I, like, I, I was like, oh, Mayday can finally meet, like, her uncle Ben Riley or whatever. But that never happens. Like, there's never any interaction between them. And, like, then you've got, like, characters like, oh, Kane can see Ben Riley again and ask, like, you know, how he's doing that. You know, they do interact, but there's never, like, a moment where they, they're kind of like, oh, my God, like, it's you. And then, you know, Peter, of course, sees Gwen again, and he's like, you're a Spider-Man? Like, or a Spider-Woman. And, you know, they kind of have a weird moment, but it's weird because it's not really even, like, his Gwen. It's not really, like, our Gwen. It's a girl that they slapped Gwen's name on who doesn't have anything to do with, like, you know, our Gwen. So it's it's kind of hollow. You know what was weird about that? And I, I don't know if I'm going to get, like, blamed by all the Spider-Gwen lovers out there or whatever. I, I didn't have any intense problems with it. It's not like, fuck you, I hate Spider-Gwen, you need to die, like, I think. But, like, I was reading it, and it was kind of like, okay, so she's, like, in this, like, Scott Pilgrim band playing the drums, and the band's called the Mary Jane, and it's all these characters we know. And then, that was, you know what's funny is, like, I know there's, there was some talk about how confusing it is to read this crossover, because there's certain repeated instances of, of plot points that happen in, say, the Spider-Woman miniseries that we haven't really talked about, because you know, fuck Spider Woman, but um, man, <laughs> even not to not to interrupt, but man, like even Jessica Drew didn't want to be in that series. Like, yeah, well, holy crap. Yeah, uh, but it, it's just like okay, so they had some repeated points, but honestly, like from the mo- for the most part, I guess you know, hindsight twenty twenty, I just power read this today, so I had a nice list that I pulled from interwebs. So thank you for whoever wrote that. And for the most part, I was never really confused, except for Edge of Spider-Verse number two. And the reason why I was confused was because they were trying to give you this this overview of Spider-Gwen's history in a two-page spread, and it actually said, previously in Spider-Woman. And I'm, like, sitting there scratching my head going, did I ever Spider-Woman first? <laughs> and, like, I look through Spider-Woman real quick, and I'm like, well, yeah, Spider-Gwen shows up, but I don't, I don't see anything about Peter Parker turning into the lizard or whatever. Like, when did that happen? And then I sort of dawned on me, like, oh, no, this is telling you, like, in physics, like, what, what happened differently. But, like, all I could think of is, like, when did you even go to high school with Peter Parker? Like, yeah. I know I know it's an alternate universe, yeah, but, like, yeah. but I was just like, that's never happened. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I know I'm probably thinking about it too hard, but it was like one of those things where I was like, she never went to high school. Well, like I said, it's, it's not even, it's not, like, yeah, you know, 616 Gwen. It's not even, it's not even ultimate, like, skanky punk Gwen or whatever. It's, it's just some, it's, it's like, and it's not even like Emma Stone Gwen.
Gwen is. It's just a girl that they slap Gwen's name on, who, like, it's from an alternate dimension. Because she has, like, name recognition, that's, like, the only the connection, basically. You, got, you gotta figure out a more annoying laugh. <laughs> that's so adorable. Well, I, I, I said this earlier, um, I actually kind of like Silk. Sorry, I know, I know, I know. Oh no, here they're just 
the lowly dogs that hunt help her hunt down like spider things. They're, they're, they're fucking cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah basically. It's like they're just like the, the horsemen of apocalypse or something like that. The and you're just like, I, I mean, I can't stand any of that stuff. And it's just amplified to like, you know, crisis on infinite earth level. Um, yeah, I'll let Mike wrap it up, because, like, Matt, you, you probably have a better outlook on this than me, Derek. I, I think my, my final thought is, is, like, I wanted to read a Spider-Man. And when I think of Spider-Man, I think of Peter Parker. And, like, Derek, I see a lot of pe- Peter Parker dying, and I see the main Peter Parker being an idiot. And I'm like, am I reading a Spider-Man comic? And all these theories did, <clears throat> really, for me, was solidify the fact that I went to Spider-Man 2099 for a really good reason, because Miguel O'Hara is a much more interesting and fun character than Peter Parker right now. Also, I feel like, like, it must be one of those things where you, you see all these creators, and like, especially when you, when you power read, or you read in chunks, like, I can imagine the annoyance of somebody who is just reading Spider-Man 2099, and all of a sudden, that yeah. sort of mind dovetails into a bunch of crossover polls. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can totally understand, like, why somebody'd be like, what the fuck is this? And I'm sharing, like, with my comic book all of a sudden. It's like, it's like, yeah, it yeah. goes off on these random tangents. And if you were not reading the crossover, you'd be like, I, I don't, well, I'm totally lost. It's like, last issue, we were in the middle of Made Up a Stan, and we were, like, not selling spider space <laughs> to not Made Up a Stanian and shit. And then the next issue, it's like, you know, Spider Totem! It's not like, like, who puts coffee in my peanut butter, it's like, who puts, like, anchovies in my mashed potatoes? What the fuck? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, anchovies in mashed potatoes! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, no, you don't get it. Anchovies in mashed potatoes are part of the coffee, it's like, five meal, and to really enjoy the anchovies in mashed potatoes, you gotta go out and get some chow mein and put some strawberry jelly on it and go out and get some bananas and you gotta cover it with gravy and, you know, and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was poorly managed on a, on a, like, a, a crossover level because, you know, if you just read Amazing, it's like every, it seems like every other panel is like, you know, to see Spider-Man from Earth, you know, fuckface, you know, go read this miniseries. And then to see what these guys are doing, like, go read this series. And then, you know, to see what these guys are doing, go read this series. They, they, you know? they even make fun of that. Because by, by a certain point, they know they're getting a so They're like, do we really need to say it? Go read it. You know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. This, this whole thing, this whole Magilla basically... Smacks of like, I don't know, lost potential. Like I, I was looking forward to it. I was hoping that maybe it would be like, and there is fun stuff in here, and there is stuff that I enjoy. But on the whole, like, as far as like Peter, if Peter Parker and Spider Man, like our Spider Man, is supposed to be like the anchor point of this whole series, you fail. Like man, or did you? You guys fail totally. He, he, uh, he, it's still the usual Dan Slot, inept Peter, inept goofball Peter, who, like, I don't know, doesn't, re- reacts like some kind of weird alien, like, instead of, like, the character that I've known and loved for, 
so yeah, I don't know. I, I was completely let down by this series. Or event, I should say. Yeah, and, and just to let you know, like what Derek said earlier is true. Mike really was kind of like a on-the-field battle like newscaster during this entire event. He read everything when it came out. And it's like, week by week, you just you felt so bad for you, man, because you're like, yeah, this, this happened in Spider-Verse. Shit. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I think when I posted that panel, the amazing friends all slaughtered. Yeah, like, yeah, Rick, and then a bunch of other people. Like, what, really? Come on. Yeah, I think, I think it was like one of those things where sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go back and catch it up and job, whatever. But like the more wartime correspondents get posted, I was like, you know what? I, I mean, I was, uh, I think that's why me and Tony power in this. It was like one of those things where we were like, I was like, oh, yeah. You're like, dude, we're going to do Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll give myself the time, you know, I'll, I'll read it, you know, take some time and read it over the next couple of weeks. And every time I had an opportunity to do it, I was just, I'm like, oh, I can, I can do it tomorrow. I can look it over. And, like, now it's like, okay, it's Saturday, like, we're recording this, like, it's going to be out So I did, and it was like, I mean, you know, it's fine. Like, it's like, at least I, I, you know, I can share this experience with you guys and everything and kind of mouth off about it as we, as we tend to do, but. I, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, it's not, it's certainly not my cup of tea. I mean, I mean, it's like, it could have been. I mean, you think, like, stuff like this is tailor-made. Like, like, ironically, like, I feel like the fucking Spider-Verse in the god-awful, I hate it, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon was, was more fun than this was. I mean, you know, with the exception of, like, Spider-Verse team-up or whatever, you know? And I was like, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it doesn't take you so know much time, either. You know, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and this bomb right now. I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. Sorry, I can't hold back. Age of Ultron was better than this. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not take, let's not say things we can't say. You mean the, this one? At least I was titillated by, uh, spider silk in a spider juice outfit or whatever, like, <laughs> but what does, what does Age of Ultron have going for it? I'm like, oh, Ultron, baby, you were never in the comics, you are sexy and golden. It, it was short. Yeah, well, sorry, Tony, I, had, I can't, I, I can't fight. follow you on this, yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna put this over Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Oh, they're both bad, don't get me wrong, they're both bad, they are both bad. I'm not saying that Ultron is not bad now because of this. I'm saying Age of Ultron may not be as bad because it's shorter. I had less bad to deal with. I don't know if it was shorter. It was like eight issues. And oh, it yeah, was like Bendis. And it, it was Bendis, so it felt like long. It read short and felt long. I, I, I will give you guys this. I will give you guys this. I had 40 issues of Bendis for me today. If I had to power through them, I will not be able to do this podcast until next week. It reads short, but it, it feels like you're reading right for a long time. As you're yeah, trying to good. decipher all the, like, the Bendis feet and stuff, and all the pointless conversations about who. Yeah, I guess it's just more Moreland, Moreland and the Moreland family were the good. What? The food. The one you ate. That thing. Oh yeah, the thing. It was scrumptious. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Hey. What about that other one? What other one? You know, the food. Oh yeah, the food. You have this. You have the script. The, the 
that's pretty uh, verbatim, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, like I said, completely let down by Spider-Verse. I was looking forward to it. It had a lot of potential. I was looking forward to these characters to interact and not just kind of show up and then die, but... Did you did you read any more of the uh, the Secret Wars tie-in Spider Verse? Because I did I did manage to sneak in a couple issues of that before we started. Do you have any takes I, on that? I I, flip, I flipped through it. Like, like I think I burned stole it in the store. I kind of flipped through it and read it. But I I was kind of like you know there's no there's no Touchstone character in it for me. I yeah. was like, who yeah. am I gonna root for? Like Spider Gwen? Like you know. Like, Maybe Spider Hand, but that you know that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the art. So. Yeah, it did seem a little. It, it was weird. Like it was like they were trying to draw Spider Hand cartooning, but then somehow it's like like once Spider Gwen touched Spider Hand, it's like she somehow got infected by the cartooniness or something, and she like got worse. She was penciled much worse after she like found her <laughs> in the room or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seemed like it was one of those things where it was like, let's get the band back together. But, oh, we don't have any memories of meeting each other because it's like, this is sort of Battle World, but sort of not. Look, we're they're singing the praises of Doom, but whatever. If, if Kane had popped up in there, maybe I would have like, paid more attention to it, but he hasn't, so... Yeah. See, that's what I mean, he... it's, like, it's like they're clearing the board, but then they've got all these. It's like, what, if you're a chick? Like it's okay if you're from India, it's okay. But if you're if you're tame, like it's no good. Like I don't, I don't know. No, yeah, no clones allowed, I guess, except for Ultimate Spider Woman. She's a she's a girl. You know what? You know what? I, I, I didn't realize. I didn't even realize. I'm like, wait. I mean, I had to buy that ugly fucking Marvel Legends figure, and that costume is out of date. I yeah. Believe yeah. that. It's just such bullshit. Oh, I, I, I didn't mind that, because I like that costume better than the one that shows up in this series. Her, her bomber jacket the, costume. The Ditto costume. Yeah. But, well, no, I understand. That thing, that thing is, there's like some writer somewhere uh, in Marvel who's like, you know what would be really cool? Like a miniseries with the Weaver and like, you know, UK Spider-Man and those two girls. That'd be a great miniseries. You know it's going to fucking come at some point. Hey, Car- Karn is uh, too busy hosting Family Feud, so. <laughs> Show me potato salad. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> the series did hurt. It did hurt. Oh, like, like I said, yeah, all, you want to be back to Spider-Man, Mike? Yeah. We're all pretty exasperated by it. Yeah, so. Well, I guess in our exasperation, we will move on to our regularly scheduled segment of the week. I hope you guys have something. So we're going to do what is awesome in your world this week. I think I'm going to go myself real quick because I know the other guys are exasperated from all this multiversity Spider-Verse bullshit that we've been talking about. So I will just say, I, I don't know that it's the greatest Ultimate series I've ever seen, but I am really excited and it is very awesome that the current Ultraman series, Ultraman X, is basically the first Ultraman series on Crunchyroll to be, like, synchronously cast. Like, basically, this is being aired in Japan right now. So it's like, then on Crunchyroll, it shows up with subtitles, like, almost, like, the same day. So I'm just like, that's... Oh, you're, you're, getting, like, you're getting real-time goodness. 
Yeah, yeah, it's super awesome to have that product. Oh, great, I get to see, like, the brand new Ultimate series, and I don't have to wait for some, you know, group to fan sub it, or if they, you know, if they don't fan sub it, or if people aren't into Ultraman, you know, in the, the fan sub community, it's like, I don't have to wait on that, it's on Crunchyroll, and they post it, I mean, you know, I guess you have to wait, if you're not a member for the, the, you know, it's like, if you're not a member, you don't get it that same day, you have to wait, like, a week or something, but still, I mean, it's, it's real time, basically, I mean, you're getting the real deal with it, so, I, I think that's pretty awesome, so, I'm, I'm excited that I get to see, uh, a current Ultraman show in real time. I've seen a couple episodes at this point, and um, I'm super stoked. So that is my awesome thing of the week. Um, since Tony did type up, um, I'm just gonna ask him, "Hey man, what is your what is your awesome thing?" Uh, doesn't have to do with Spider Man. Uh, fuck him right now. <laughs> cool. It'll be okay at some point, Pete. It's not now. It's not now. Um. I actually, uh, I've been a bit punk with Derek about this. I am a big lover of Batmobiles. I'm a tech head at heart. I love, like, vehicles, mecha, robots, and stuff. And I decided to dip into the high-end collector realm of Batmobiles. Uh, each full moss releases this series called Batmobile, uh, Batman, Batmo- Batmobile Automobilia. And it's basically die-cast Batmobiles from damn near any series of comics animation or movies that you could want. There's at least 40 plus strong right now, probably more. <clears throat> I've only gotten a couple in the last few weeks just because I finally broke down. Damn, these are nice. These are very nice collectibles. Um, and right now in my position, I have a Killing Joke Batmobile and the uh, Batmobile from Batman, Brave and the Bold. Um, very cool. These are adult collectibles. I was uh, just with Derek. There's some sharp points on these. You don't let kids around these. They come in collector's cases. They look really nice. They have a 3D lenticular display on the back. Uh, just, oh, I, just, I, I can't gush enough about them. I'm so glad I decided to uh, go ahead and get these. I already have, like, all the Hot Wheels Batmobiles, and this is, I guess, the next step up, and I'm, I'm glad I took the fun. So, yeah, very cool stuff. Cool. Well, great, man. Yeah, you were telling me about it. Which... We tell people which are the ones we order so they know, like, and what numbers they are and stuff. Um, yeah, right now I have the, uh, Sun Joke, uh, Batman car from the, the Killing Joke comic, basically. I believe that was number 43 is the one I got. And then there's, uh, the one I have in my possession also is the Brave of the Bold, which was number four. Uh, early on in the series, I guess they wanted to tie in with the animated series. I also have one coming soon, uh, Batman The Return, I believe that one is 41. It was actually right before the film joke. It's a six-little Batmobile. Uh, you can go to the Eagle, Eagle Moss website, uh, eaglemoss.com, or you can go on Amazon and order them from there. I got the uh, Brave and Bold one for really cheap, really, really good deal. Most of these will run you about $20, $25 plus shipping, or if it's an Amazon dealer, you can bump up your order past 35 get free shipping. So, you can either go to eaglemoss.com or, uh, you know, your preferred uh, uh, internet uh, store dealer. So, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely check them out if you like that, man. Cool, cool. Thanks for that, Tony. All right, and then how about you, Mike? What do you got on tap for awesome thing of the week? Speaking of insects being superheroes, uh, I saw Ant-Man for the second time last night, and uh, I really liked it. I thought it was uh, very amusing and, like, crowd-pleasing movie, and uh, I was very, as a fan of, like, Hank Pym and Scott Lang and all those characters, like, I thought it was a very great 
you know, representation of them, like, for the general public, basically. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like the Ant-Man, and uh, I hope, like, I, I think it's doing okay, but I hope, like, more word-of-mouth spreads for it so it does, like, better. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to the box office, but I did see it opening night. I haven't seen it more than once, like, itself, but I thought it was really good. I was not disappointed. I mean, sometimes I go into movies, like, you know, Age of Ultron, and I come out kind of going, oh, well, that wasn't so good, but... Uh, Ant-Man, I, I did. I really did come out feeling good about myself. I'm like, kind of like, yeah, this is a good place. I liked how they treated the characters. And I thought that, uh, Michael Santa was like a scene stealer. Like, every scene he was in just made me laugh my ass off, so. Yeah, he was very funny. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was great. So, um, there, yeah, there's, there's, you know, lots of humor, lots of, uh, fun, cool Marvel stuff and nods and things. So yeah, I enjoyed it. But the, the after credit scene is like completely confusing and like without context because I guess it's apparently like a legitimate like thirty seconds from Civil War without presented without context basically. I I was I was um I was just happy because I think with Age of Ultron people got that mid credit sequence and they were just trying to please the people that didn't want to stay through the entire credit sequence. But of course they've been training us. To stay through the whole credit season. So when people did yeah. the Age of Ultron and there was no post post credit after credit season, nobody was like, What the fuck? And in this I felt like, okay, well again we were at least rewarded. You know, there was the yeah. mid there was the mid credit, which I guess had to mainly do with the movie, and then there was the post credit, which, you know, even if it was a third second clip or whatever, at least it tied into like what was coming up next and you're like, Oh, okay, like I, I imagine but I mean, I imagine that uh, that uh, the guy that was known was was Ant Man. So, I mean, that's what I yeah. would say. Um, just just to close out, guys. Um, just to get more word about because I've heard Ant Man is really good. I haven't seen it yet myself. <clears throat> I know you guys really like it. I know you guys want to uh, spread the word that people should see it. If you're a Marvel fan, this is actually the legitimate end of Phase Two, so you might want to check it out. Sounds good. Alright, so yes. I, I I think that will wrap things up for and the Mormon family. So, alright. Uh, you know, there's the energy, there's the energy. We didn't really like them much, the Mormon family. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is gonna be, uh, Fanhole. Fanhole podcast. Again, if you have any angry, angry email. Don't like me saying that Silk is just a titillating woman covered in spider jizz. Send all your hate mail to FanHolePodcast at gmail.com. We are on Stitcher Radio. You can stream our podcast over there. We're on iTunes. If you want to leave us some rating feedback, that would be awesome. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We are on all kinds of social media so you can get in contact with us at. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. My superior intellect will allow me to do a superior sign-off. It's fine. By the way, just let you know, auto readers, Spider-Man Land, and uh, it'll be in paper tomorrow. I'm going back to 2099. They're creepy and they're kooky, stupid ass and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Moreland family. The Moreland family.
stupid, dumb, sparkly. The Moreland family. This yogurt Corn. Oh, this little spider man head. Delicious. Your play has outdone themselves. <laughs> that'll that'll uh, be their new food source. It's like, hey, it turns out like we don't need like totems at all. We can just eat regular food. We just never tried it. Like we're we all like the yogurt. Guys, guys in this radioactive butter bucket is a whole storage room go play yogurt. That would be, like, the ironic twist. It's like a whole storage room of, like, hostess Twinkies and, like, fruit pies in the, in the bunker. And they're like, oh, we could have been eating these all along. I knew I shouldn't have killed that guy. Every time he ate one, he'd, like, see a ghostly image of, like, hostess Spider-Man. It's like, why did you kill me? I'm sorry. I feel bad for Moon Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. There, there's a guy who never existed before and was, like, there to get that smash. 